Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. declares that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. There are times in your life where a psalmist can't encourage you, where a pastor can't encourage you, but you've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. If you've ever been in that place, come on and give God some praise. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. Your promises still stand over my life. Somebody declare that to yourself. His promises still stand over your life. Hallelujah. You are still yet faithful over my life. You have not forgotten me. Somebody declare that and encourage yourself in the Lord. That he's never, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, God, that your promises still stand. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. 
matter of fact, God, the very reason that we're standing right now is because of your faithfulness. And for that, God, we give you thanks. We honor you in this place. We honor you, God, for your spirit that rests in this place. God, your word declares what two or three are gathered in your name. You'd be in the midst. We feel your presence in this place. God, we're honored, God, that you would sit with us this morning. Now, God, the things that we haven't uttered to anybody else, God, minister to us now, God, we pray. Cause us to be encouraged on this morning. Let us realize, God, that your promises still stand. Great is your faithfulness. No matter what the world may say, no matter what the enemy may declare, great is your faithfulness. We need to be encouraged in the Lord on today. Have your way, God, we pray. Have your way, God, we pray. Have your way, God, we pray. And God, before I take my text, God, we pray collectively for Olu. And we pray, God, for the passing of her dear loved one. Strengthen her heart, God, we pray. God, even though somebody may not be able to sit next to her, God, in the earth realm again, cause her, God, to be encouraged in the Lord. And God, we pray for Mother Alvera Ash. Continue to touch her body. God, thank you, God, for keeping her, God, through another surgery. Now, healer, God, we pray. Be the great physician in our life. And God, we pray for George Dunn. We pray, God, for the, the brother of uh, Charnette Wilson. God, we pray, God, that you begin to touch him. God, he's in the hospi hospital room even now. But God, your presence, God, there's nowhere we can go, God, where your presence is not. So God, be there in that place, God, we pray. We love you, God. Encourage your people, God, today, we pray. And everybody said, thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. You can take up your Bibles. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. So grateful for Brian and the, the praise team and the musicians. Thank you for setting an atmosphere where the Lord is welcome. Many people have psalmists and musicians, but God's presence still isn't welcome. We've made an atmosphere where he's welcome. I want us to go to Matthew chapter 6. I was there a few weeks ago, but I feel led to continue in that vein on this morning. I want us to look at verse 31 and through 33. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. The Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. He already knows. But the Bible says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Notice what the Bible says about worrying. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first. Somebody say seek first. His kingdom. Somebody shout kingdom. And his righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I started a series a few weeks ago called Be Anxious for Nothing. And I, I, I said that I would give us some wisdom for worry. 
I want to continue in that series on this morning. But I want to talk about, I talked about a few weeks ago, the enemy's plan for worry. Because it's, it's vital for us to know as believers that the enemy has a plan for worry in our lives. Tell your neighbor, the enemy wants you to worry. He wants you to worry. And I talked about why he wants us to worry. He doesn't just simply want to use that worry to deprive us of our strength, but he really wants to use worry to destroy us. Uh, that's why worry is so detrimental in the life of a believer. But this morning, I want to speak on our perspective for worry, because how you view worry will determine your victory over worry. How you view worry and how it comes into your life will determine the victory that you have over worry. And herein lies one of the reasons why I believe that worry prospers in the lives of many believers is because we don't have the right perspective on worry. The reason why worry will always prosper in a believer's life if you do not have the right perspective. Somebody say, I need the right perspective. Uh, and I, this is why many to include believers, we entertain worry. Somebody may be saying, what does that mean? We give access to word, the worry in our thought life. Can you go to um, the next screen? Notice this, we also engage in worry. Many of us allow worry to abide in our thought life. So it's one thing for worry to have access in our thought life, but it's another thing for worry to abide. Somebody say live there. And even more, we become entangled in worry. In other words, we allow worry to arrest our thought life. Y'all ever woke up in the morning and had worry on your mind and you find yourself going to bed with worry? That's when worry arrests our thought life. We've got believers like that. But somebody say the devil is a lie. We, we, this is people's perspective of worry. That we entertain worry, we engage in worry, and we become entangled in worry. In other words, when worry is normalized, it has the ability to navigate our lives. Many people normalize worry. Uh, in other words, th this worry will dictate our decisions and our deeds. Notice what the New American Standard Version of 2 Corinthians 10.5 admonishes us with. It says, we are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Because watch this, if you don't take your thoughts captive, um, the, the thoughts of worry captive, worry knows how to take you captive. If I never take that thought captive, when worry begins to enter into my mind, if I don't take it captive, watch this, worry knows how to take you captive. Oh, I know we know some folk that is always worrying. Uh, and that's a sad tragedy. The reason, watch this, that some of us did not pursue that degree was because of worry. It was not that you weren't qualified. It was not that you did not have the know-how. Many people did not pursue the degree, somebody say, because of worry. Listen, it was not the reason that you did not go on that date and God told you that that was a spouse that he had laid aside for you. It was because of worry. I was worrying about what they would think about me. I was worrying about how they would perceive me. So the reason that you did not go on a date, it was because of worry. And watch this. The reason that many of us don't depend on God, it's not because God isn't able. It's because of worry. We allow worry, somebody say, to arrest me. We're held captive by the thoughts of worry. And this is why how many have viewed worry has caused worry. Watch this to get the victory over us. 
And it's important to note that void of God's perspective of worry, by default, we have the, the world's view of worry. If I, don't, if I don't figure out how God views worry, by default, I see worry through the lens of the world. And here's what the world has done to us concerning worry. We've made it, somebody say normal. Uh, we've made it normal. And I need you to understand that God's intent was never for worry to be normalized in the life of a believer. Uh, it, somebody say it ain't normal. In other words, the world has made worry inevitable and that perspective will always watch this cause you to entertain worry, be entangled in worry and to engage in worry. The reason. So notice this. If I entertain worry, if I engage in worry, if I get entangled in worry, really what I'm saying is that I've made worry normal in my life. And many people live life with worry as something normal for the believer. Somebody say the devil is alive. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not intended to worry as a believer. And this is why we've learned a few weeks ago that Jesus Himself admonishes us not to worry. We should, that word should never be normal in the life of a believer. And here's what I failed to do a few weeks ago, and I think it's critical for us moving forward in this sermon series, is to give us a working definition of worry. Uh, the Greek word for worry in our foundational text is this word that means to be divided or distracted. It's not the place where we no longer have the ability to deal with worry, but it's the place where worry dwells with us. That means my every thought, my every hour, that I'm always worrying, somebody say, about something. And you've got believers that operate in that level. So it's not the fact that I can't deal with worry, but worry dwells with me. Oh, that's a sad tragedy, y'all. And hear this, worry is not simply being concerned about the issues of life. I need, you, I need us to understand that. It, that we're always going to be concerned about the issues of life. It's when the issues of life consume us. It's a difference between being concerned and, being, and allowing the issues of life to consume me. Tell your neighbor, I don't want the issues of life to consume me. Where, 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 where I'm, I'm, I'm paralyzed by the issues of life because of worry. And we have too many believers that are consumed with the issues of life. The reason that I can't go to church is because I'm worried. The reason why I can't do what God has called me to do is because I'm consumed by worry. Uh, it's a sad tragedy, y'all. It's, 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 it's the place where worry doesn't simply linger in our lives, but where worry lives with us. Uh, somebody say that's worry. Therefore, if we don't want to worry to be our portion, we need to ensure that we have the right perspective. So the critical questions we got to ask ourselves are, what must our view of worry be? What is God's perspective of worry that we must also have? I believe we find the answers to, our, to these questions in our foundational text. And Jesus in our foundational text gives us God's perspective for worry so that worry does not prosper in our lives. So here's what I want to do. I want us to examine our text so that we can have the right perspective of word. Notice what the first portion of our text says. The Bible says, for the pagans run after all these things. I said this a few um, in my initial sermon that worry is not the will of God for the believer. We get that. It's not the will of God for the believer. But when we worry, it's actually wickedness in the life of a believer. 
I, I need y'all to catch what I just said. It's not simply that God does not want worry in my life, but this is the way that God views worry in the life of a believer. Somebody say, it's wickedness. Oh, y'all don't like that this morning, but it's wickedness. And somebody may be saying, how do I know? How do I know? Because worry can only reside, watch this, where faith is not present. And when faith is not present, God is not pleased. Y'all don't like that, but hear this. Anytime I worry, it says that he's not faithful as I just declared in the song. It says that his promises, watch this, are not yes and amen over my life. And whenever faith is not present, watch this, God is not pleased. So when God sees worry upon our lives, he says, that one right there, I'm not pleased with this one in this season. Somebody say, be careful about worry. We we ought to be careful about worry. That's when worry comes. We've got to take that thought captive. Uh, And this is why, watch this, the beginning portion of Hebrews 11 and 6 reminds us with these words. But without faith, it's impossible. Somebody say impossible to please him. In other words, here's what I need us to understand. Our perspective concerning worry must be that the seed of worry, watch this, offends God. It's an offense to God when the believer worries. When God says that I'm your that, that I'm his seed and that, that I, I belong to him and he finds his seed operating in worry, it's an offense to him. So every time I'm entangled and engaged in worry, God finds offense in my actions. Ooh, that's sad, y'all. That's sad. This is why God, Jesus even said, do not worry. The presence of worry in our lives does not please God. And notice this. This is why Jesus declares this concerning worry in our foundational text. The Bible says, for the pagans, somebody say pagans, run after all these things. And the word pagan in our foundational text, watch this. It refers to somebody that is unassociated with God. It refers to somebody who is unpleasing to God. And watch this. It also refers to somebody who's unfit for God. He calls me a pagan. So when I, when I operate in worry, God is saying, that one right there, no, that one is really unassociated with me. Uh, that one right there is really unpleasing to me. And anybody that worries, God says you're unfit for him. Somebody say that's worry. And if we don't have that perspective, we're operating where, God, you don't understand. God, you don't know what I'm going through. God, you don't realize all this other stuff going on in my life. And God is really saying, do you not realize that that's an offense to me? We give God all these excuses as to why we should worry. Not realizing that God, watch this, says he finds offense to that. That means, watch this, as we allow worry to dwell with us, God declares that we are pagans, unassociated with him, unpleasing to him, unfit for him. We can't allow that to be God's view of us. And this is why we must be mindful of our view of worry. I don't want God to be looking down on me because I'm having a little pity party and I'm worrying about all this stuff in my life. And God is really saying and is declaring to me that I'm a pagan. That I'm no longer associated with him. Somebody say that's a dangerous place to be. You're worrying about all this stuff that may not happen. And then watch this. I disassociate myself with God when he calls me a pagan. Y'all know that? So I lose all the benefits that God is going to take me through in this journey that I'm on called life. Because I failed, watch this, to have faith in him. Oh, somebody say that's dangerous. God finds offense to that. 
And this is why that view must be that God finds offense to worry. So watch this. That means every time we worry about that assignment that we have due, God is offended. Every time we worry about that pending doctor's appointment, God is offended. Every time we worry about the agenda ahead of us, watch this. God is offended. Why is God offended? Somebody may be saying, I, get, I, I really don't see the connection, Pastor Key. Because watch this. All that God assigns to us, hear this in our lives, he attaches grace. Somebody say grace. In other words, his sufficiency. So when we, when we worry, watch this, really what we're saying is that God is not sufficient. The reason why God is offended, because when we worry, we say he's not sufficient. God says, watch this. This is why the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So he knew you had that assignment. He knew that you had that agenda. He knew that that doctor's appointment would be on the way. And what he's saying, if I assigned it to your life, I've given you somebody say grace. And that grace, watch this, is sufficient. So every time we worry about something that God has assigned to our lives, really what we're saying is, God, you're not sufficient. And the reason why God takes offense to that is that you that you negate the very nature of who he is. Somebody say that's dangerous. Ooh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Uh, and, I, and I said this Psalm 37, 23 reminds us that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So when worry has a stronghold on our lives, what we're really saying is God is not sufficient. And this is why God is offended. Worry, watch this, attempts to attach itself where weakness is acknowledged. Y'all heard what I just said? Worry will always attach itself in our lives where weakness is acknowledged, when we know that we ain't got it all. Y'all know that? So worry tries to attach itself to that. And watch this, because if we can be honest, worry, um, when we declare that we're incapable is when we are inclined to worry. Y'all know that whenever I realize that I got the diagnosis that I ain't got nothing, I ain't, ain't nothing I can do about it, it. That's when worry always is inclined to attach to us. But here's the good place when we find ourselves watch this incapable or we acknowledge our weakness. This is where God's power is watch this, made sufficient. No, notice what Second Corinthians twelve nine declares. We've got to understand the plot of the enemy. The Bible told this, uh, Jesus, um, Paul declared this as God um, spoke this over his life. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Whenever we acknowledge our weakness, somebody say that's good news. But here's where we got the Bible says to not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Whenever you acknowledge your weakness, word will always try to attach itself to your life. But here's what I got to know. Even in my weakness, watch this, that Christ's power, watch this, is made, may rest upon me. So I ain't got no reason to worry when I know I've got power. Somebody say, I've got power. Even when the enemy tries to attach word, you've got to declare the word, I've got Paul did not even worry when his weakness was present because Paul knew that his God's grace was, somebody say sufficient. Paul knew not to offend the sufficiency of God. So anytime where I'm incapable, worry can try to creep in my life, but I've got to declare his grace is sufficient. Somebody say his grace is sufficient. 
I've got to be able to speak that over my life. And it was so fitting that I believe we sung that song this morning because sometimes you've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Because watch this, if God assigned it into his life, his God's grace, watch this, would also accompany him. Oh, that's good news. Therefore, watch this, if worry is present in our life, one of the questions we got to ask ourselves is, is what I'm worrying about been assigned by God in my life? That's a critical question, y'all. And I said this, a lot of us know how to find trouble more than trouble knows how to find us. Y'all know that? So much of the stuff that we're worrying about is stuff that we got our own selves into. That's when we got to really be careful about words. Somebody say, I got to worry about that. The stuff that you found yourself in, you got to worry about that. But if watch this on the journey, something happens, you get a diagnosis that you had no clue that you did not participate in. Watch this. God's grace is sufficient. If I'm a believer and stuff pop up in my life, I ain't going to worry about that. I know I get called. Listen, as a pastor, I get calls on a weekly basis. Somebody say on a weekly basis. But if I know that I'm living for God, that if I know I play no part in this thing coming in my life, I've got to declare, God, I know the situation has arose, but your grace is sufficient. I never want to offend, watch this, the sufficiency of God. And many times we get in this place where we're just worrying, God, it's another thing, it's another thing, it's another thing, and God says, my grace is sufficient. As long as I did not find trouble, but trouble finds me. Somebody say grace is attached to that. It's sufficiency. So this is why we've got to be so careful about worry in our lives. Because worry offends God. Somebody say it offends God. Now let's look at verse 32b. The Bible says, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Here's the good news. There's no need to be anxious about stuff that God is already aware of. Y'all heard what I just said? I'm not going to lose my mind on stuff that is already, watch this, on the mind of God. Many of us lose our mind concerning things that is already on the mind of God. Somebody say God already knows. God already knew, watch this, that they would leave you. They would get out of, up out of your life and you can pick yourself up because God already knows. I ain't worried about that because God already knows. I know that you did not know that your job was shut down, but God already knows. I'm not going to lose my mind about stuff that God already knows. Watch this. I I share this testimony quite often about a few years ago. And listen, when you work in a nonprofit world, this is this is bound to happen because the nonprofit world is always guided by grants. It was a few years ago where I knew I was a breadwinner. I was taking care of the things in the home and watch this. Somebody say I lost my job. And, I, and I, I said, Lord, what am I going to do? But you know what? I was still, um, my wife used to say, you the most meetingest person. She said, you going to more meetings now than you did when you was working. Because I did not lose my mind because I knew my situation was on the mind of God. I'm not going to be anxious about that. God, you know I'm living for you. God, you know I've been serving you. So I know that God has a plan for me. And many of us lose our mind concerning things that are already on the mind of God. Somebody say, I got a better job. I got a better job, y'all. And hear this. I had to remember that I told God on that last job that I wanted my next job to be full-time ministry. So here's what I did. I I was applying for all these jobs, and then I realized this was one. And I said, man, God, this fits me so well. And I got down in the dumps when I didn't get the job. But I had to remember what God had promised me. His promises still stand. And I had to realize that I was on the mind of God. 
and God has set me up. Somebody say, for full-time ministry. God has set me up. Some of y'all are losing your mind on things that are on the mind of God. And watch this. When anything is on the mind of God, somebody say, it matters to God. And God always moves concerning things that matter to him. So here's what I got to know. If I'm on the mind of God, God's going to move for me. Stop worrying about stuff that you have no control over. If you if you matter to God, somebody say God's going to move for me. I don't need nobody to speak over my life. I don't need no prophet to speak into my life. Watch this. I already know that God is going to move for me. This is why we got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. God's going to move for me. And here lies the reason why many of us still worry about stuff that God already knows about is because we think God ain't moving fast enough. Consider the beginning portion of, new, of the New Century version of 2 Peter 3 9. Y'all want to move, y'all want God to move on your time. But the Bible says the Lord is not slow in doing what he promised. The way some people understand slowness, somebody say, that's me and you. Y'all think God ain't moving fast enough. In other words, your pace is not God's priority. He moves on his own accord. And watch this. Here's the good news. His pace is always purposeful. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many times we want God to move when we want him to move. But our pace is not God's priority. And here's the reason why we need to allow God to move when when he moves on his own accord. Because his pace is always purposeful. Many times God, if God gave us stuff out of season, we would waste it. So I've just got to trust God. Not God. You know that bill is due in a few more weeks. But God, I'm going to believe in your pace. God, 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 you know that I've got this test coming up and I still don't feel like I got everything in order. But God, I need you to move at your own pace. When we get into situations where we begin to worry and we don't think that God is moving fast enough, I love how the old saint said it. He may not move when you want it, but he'll be there Ooh, right on time. See, the old saints, we need some of the old mothers to encourage us with that word because he knows then he also knows what he's doing. Ooh, y'all heard what I just said? Because God knows, he also knows, somebody say what he's doing. We love to dictate God in prayer. God, I need you to move right now. I need you to move in 24 hours. We think we're moving God, and God needs to move at his own accord. Somebody say he knows what he's doing. Uh, he knows what he's doing. So watch this. We've, here's a word of wisdom. Stop allowing word to linger and let God be God. I, I know it, it feels like it's at the last hour. But somebody say, let God be God. I, I know it feels like that if I don't get an answer, that I'm going to lose everything. But somebody say, let God be God. Because that's what the enemy wants you to believe. That is the last hour. That God won't respond. And God is saying, let me be God. Somebody say, let God be God. Let God be God. This is why before even Abraham could even worry about not having a son with Sarah. God declared this to him in Genesis 18, 14. At the appointed time, I will return according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. That Watch this. this. This means we don't have to be anxious about anything. We just need to wait on the appointed time. Somebody say the appointed time. Because hear this, God always moves at the appointed time. 
God, I don't want you to move at my time, but I need you to move at the appointed time. God, I, I don't want you to move at the time that I ask you to, but I need you to move at the appointed time. Who somebody say at the appointed time? Y'all do God a, dis, a disservice when you tell God to move when you want him to move. I'm so sick of these folk that be trying to sow into God moving, into praying, into God moving. And God says, watch it. Yeah, somebody said, I ain't got to do all of that. A lot of people waste their time at the altar, waste your time being hungry, trying to fast, trying to get God to move. But watch this. If I'm his seed, then, I'm, then I matter to God. And if I matter to God, God is intended to move in my life. Listen, I ain't, somebody say, I ain't doing all that. You better eat your fried chicken. You better eat your mashed potatoes. You better eat your mac and cheese. You better eat your greens because I ain't, I ain't got time for that. Are y'all listening to me? If I'm on the mind of God, I matter to God. And if I matter to God, God is expected to move. God ain't moved by your prayers. God ain't moved by your tears. All you got to do, somebody say, is be a seed. Be on the mind of God. Your, your real prayer need to be, God, keep me on your mind. It's one thing for watches for our mind to stay on him, but it's another thing for God's mind to stay, for I to stay on God's mind. Ah, I need God to, uh, to be on the mind of God. And this is why, watch, watch this, why before we move the word, we must remind ourselves that God is aware. Ooh, notice what our foundational text says. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. In other words, there is nothing in the life of a believer that escapes the sight of God. And that includes the source of our word. Whatever is causing you to worry is already, watch this, it cannot escape the sight of God. God, the Bible says that he sits high and he looks low. So if I'm his child, the very thing that I want to be, um, that the enemy wants me to worry about, somebody say God already knows. He all Ready? knows. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but this should change the way that we look at the issues of life. That as long as I didn't run myself into that trouble, but trouble found me. Watch this. God already knows. This is why our perspective must be that the source of our word has already been revealed by the omniscience of God. That means, now I, I, I said that kind of lacked my last little point, but understand this, that means that God is all-knowing. Everything that happens in my life, God already knows about. Matter of fact, he knows before I know. Did y'all hear what I just said? He knows before I know. Because he's, somebody say, because he's ordering my steps. He's all knowing, y'all. So, so I needed us to understand that worry offends God. Worry is revealed. The source of our worry is revealed in the omniscience of God. Yeah, that means he's all knowing. And let's look at the last portion of our text. The Bible says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Hear this. When we simply commit to work to do the work of God, God works out worry in our lives. Y'all heard what I just said? God wants us to continue to pursue him even when problems arise in our life. The very thing that the enemy wants you to dwell on, God says, don't focus on that. Let me handle that, and you continue to do my work. Somebody say, do his work, and he'll work out my word. Somebody say, he'll work out my word. Remember, remember, I noted that one Greek translation of the word worry is distracted. 
And somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because the enemy knows that if he can distract us from the work of God, we hinder God from working out worry in our lives. He wants to distract us. And notice this is why verse 33 of our foundational text declares, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That means God takes care of our worry when we take care of his work. Now, that's good news to me. y'all. This is why it's so it's so dangerous for believers to get missing when things happen in their lives. Y'all know they start, they get missing from church. They get missing from prayer. They get missing from in their word. They get missing from the fellowship of believers. And watch this, when we get distracted from his work, we hinder God's ability to work out worry in our lives. God says, do my work and I'll do the work in your life. Oh, that's good news, y'all. The stuff that I cannot handle, you find yourself working on my stuff and I'll work your stuff out. Oh, that's good news, y'all. I don't know about nobody else, but that is good news. This is why our perspective of worry must be that the supplication of our worry is the obligation of God. In other words, when we pursue the things of God, we've got to simply pray to God about what wants to cause us to worry. I'm not, all I'm going to do, God, I'm going, in other words, I'm going to give it to him and that settles it. Y'all saying with me that I'm going to give it up to God and that settles it. And many of us get distracted and get, get all discombobulated because of the issues of life. Because watch this. When God knows about the source of our worry, um, the, the response of the kingdom-minded um, believer is to pray. Whenever I know that God knows that about the source of my worry, the only thing left I can do, somebody say, is pray. And watch this, and I'm going to talk more about this in the next sermon in this series. I have to always be led to pray when worry is led into my life. Y'all saying with me? And many of us have heard this before, and it still remains true. If you're going to pray, why worry? And if you're going to worry, why pray? Because watch this, you cannot do both. The Bible considers this type of believer, watch this, double-minded. And James 1-7 reminds us of what we need to understand about this double-minded believer. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So God says, I'll never, watch this, I'll never be able to work out worry in your life when you're double-minded. That, that, that you're praying about a thing, but you're still worrying about a thing. That you're going to church and serving God, but you're still worrying about a thing. That, 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 that you're trying to intercede on behalf of God's people, but you're still worrying about a thing. There was a situation a few weeks ago, and I told my, my wife, I said, we ain't going to worry about that. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how God's going to work it out, but we're going to give it to God and let it be, let God be God. And somebody say, God already worked it out. God already worked it out. Somebody say, take him at his word. And here's the good news. Here's, notice what I said. God is obligated. Somebody say obligated. In other words, that's his duty. God says, and and notice this, he's a God that changes not. He's still the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He's not a man that he should, that he's not the son of man that he should lie, or either the son of man that he should repent. In other words, God is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. And that includes God taking care of our word. 
And this is why our perspective of word must be to pray and believe God to provide. It's simple as that, y'all, because God has an obligation that to those that do his work. And that, watch this, that obligation is worry is not our portion. If you can pursue him, if you can do his work, he'll work out worry in your life. That's good news, y'all. We've got folk, we, we got to have a whole prayer line. We got to have folk laying hands on us. We got to have a whole chain of folk praying over us over one issue. And God is saying, I just need you to do my work. And I'll work out worrying in your life. And we wonder why, I, I thought the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous avail of much. I got all these folk praying for me. I'm telling all these folk about what I'm going through. I, I thought the Bible says that there's safety in the multitude of counselors. And God is saying, watch this. It's not the fact that you ain't got saved folk praying for you. It's not the fact that you haven't received safe counsel. It's the fact that you become distracted. Yeah. Stop doing my work. God says, I can't work out where in your life. Because somebody say, I stopped doing this work. I stopped doing his work. And when we can commit to his work, he's obligated, watch this, to work for us. That's, ooh, that's good news. Uh, I'm not going, I'm going to teach more about this later in the series. But whatever desires to make us anxious, we simply have to take it to the altar. Somebody say, take it to the altar. I'm going to take it to the altar and I'm going to leave it there. Because watch this, the altar is the place where our sacrifice is consumed by fire. In the Old Testament, our sacrifice was consumed on the altar. Therefore, watch this, if worry is consuming you, you may want to consider and ask yourself, what have you failed to consume on the altar? Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm going to put it on the altar and somebody say, I'm going to leave it there. If I believe that he's a consuming fire, if I believe that he's obligated to take care of me, I'm going to put it on the altar and somebody say, leave it there. His fire is going to consume it so worry will no longer have its roots or rule over me. Therefore, our perspective must be that our supplication of word is the obligation of God. Hear this, I'm done, y'all. We can't afford for word to be normal in our lives. I know the world tells you, go ahead and worry about that. It's okay to worry. But for the believer, it should not be so. God says it, 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 he's never intended for it to be normal. Because watch this. When worry consistently dwells with us, worry will always consistently, consistently defeat us. Did y'all hear what I just said? When worry dwells in our lives consistently, worry will always consistently defeat us. This is why our perspective of worry matters. We must view worry as God views worry. And this involves that the seed of our word offends God. It's offensive to God. Because really what I'm saying is that his grace is not sufficient. The source of our word is revealed in the omniscience of God. God is already aware. Somebody say he sits high. And he looks low. And the supplication of our word is the obligation of God. That's good news. And I believe if we can submit to this view of word, watch this, then our satisfaction and void of word will be our offering from God. In other words, God says that I'll make sure what the enemy wants to cause you to worry about, that it will no longer be present in your life. That's good news to me, y'all. That God gives me that as a, somebody say, as an offering. And all, this, all it takes, y'all, is the right perspective. The reason why worry, watch this, has had the victory over many lives of the believers is because we don't have the right view. And no longer will worry have victory over our lives because we'll have God's view on worry. Let us stand to our feet. There's some things that many of us have been struggling with.
some things that we've tried to lay on the altar, but watch this, we've picked it back up. Because really what happens is when we pray about a thing and where it continues to reside in our lives, what we're saying is that we put it on the altar, but we picked it right back up again. God, help us today, God, we pray. God, worry has been normalized in this world, but you've already declared over the life of your children that worry should not be normal. Help us, God, to have the right view of worry. God, let worry not have victory over our lives. But God, we pray, God, that we can have your perspective on worry so that worry will not prosper. God, cause us to know, God, that the seed of our worry offends you. God, you call us pagans when we worry, that we're unassociated with you, God, that we're unpleasing to you, and God, that we're, matter of fact, we're unfit for you. God, so whatever we're worrying about in our lives, God, help us, God, to cast it aside. Help us, God, to not worry on those things as your word declares. God, we want faith to be present in our lives so that, God, we might please you. For you said, God, without faith, it's impossible to please you. God, we don't want you to be offended with our fault life. When worry comes in our life, God, we don't want you to be offended. But, God, we need your presence, God, we pray. And, God, we thank you, God, that the source of our worry is revealed in the omniscience of God. God, you already know before we know. Matter of fact, God, even as your word declares, God, you already know, God, before we even want to pray to you about it. Thank you, God, God, that you're aware. God, you already know. So, God, and if it matters to you, God, you're expected to move. And for that, God, we say thank you, God. I pray over the life of the one, God, who's struggling, God, with something, God. Cause them to know, God, that they're on your mind. And if I'm on your mind, God, you're going to move on my behalf. And God, I pray, God, and I ask for your forgiveness for asking you to move on our own accord. And God, our pace is not your priority. Matter of fact, God, we thank you, God, that your pace is purposeful. So God, move when you need to move. God, we just know when and we expect you to move. We don't care when you move. You may not come when, when, you want, when we want you, God, but you'll be there right on time. And God, for that, we say thank you. And God, we thank you, God, that you're obligated to take care of our worry when we can take care of your work. I pray, God, as my wife prayed this morning, that we might be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your work. Because if we can abound in your work, then worry can't abound in our lives. Thank you, God, that we'll abound in your work so that worry won't abound in our lives. So, God, here what, here's what we have to do. If worry is prevalent and present in our lives, we may need to question, God, if we're doing your work. Help us not to be distracted. And, God, give us your offering. Your offering that says worry will not be present in our lives, God. That you will remove it. We'll have satisfaction that worry no longer resides with us. That's our prayer, God. That's what we want our offering from you to be. We love you and adore you. And all it takes, God, is the right view on worry. And for every believer in this house that says, I want to have the right perspective, the right view of God's of worry in the lives of um, his believers, say thank God and amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I know this isn't always the most easiest 
thing to discuss because worry can knows how I said this to consume my lives. And so I know this ain't no happy message and this ain't no happy sermon series. But somebody say we're gonna be happy after this. If we can understand the enemy's plan for worry in our lives, if we can understand God's perspective for worry, we're gonna be happy after after this. Somebody say we're gonna be happy after this. Hallelujah. There may be somebody this morning who says I need to be in relationship with God. I don't know God's perspective about anything in life because I'm not in relationship with him. If that's you and you say, I want to I want to see how God sees me. I want to see this world, how God sees the world. I want to see how I do life, how God sees how life should be done. If that's you this morning and you want to give your life to Christ. All you got to do is give your life to Christ. He'll be with you. He'll walk with you. And he'll give you the right lens and the which to look how to navigate the issues of life. And all you got to do, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you can be saved. But what else am I confessing? You're confessing that you're a sinner in need of a savior. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. If you can confess that, if you can believe that, you're on the right path to be saved. And you got to tell yourself, John 14, 6, that says, no man comes to the Father but by me. This is Jesus speaking. So in other words, Jesus is the only and perfect Savior. You can confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart. You can be saved. As I declared before, if I can declare and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and what does Lord mean? That he has rule over my life. That, that I serve him, I submit to him. Whatever he says do, I'll do. Whatever he says say, I'll say. If you can confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, you can be saved. If you confess that this morning, just put that in the comment box. I confess that. I believe that. There may be somebody here this morning that confesses that and believes that. If that's you, just lift your hands. Hallelujah. Let us pray for the one online. Father, we thank you. We honor and women bless your name. God, we worship you, God, and we thank you, God, that you still give us grace and mercy, an opportunity to come into right relationship with you. And God, as we, we read this morning, God, in your word, God, you're not slow concerning your promises. As a matter of fact, God, the latter portion of that says that your desire is that no man perish, but all come into a salvation or a relationship with you. Thank you, God that you have not given up on this one who's now given their life to you. God, keep them, God. Protect them, God, now we pray. Cause them to know, God, that this thing that they've done this morning is the greatest decision that they could ever make in their life. Now send them a church family. Send them a body of believers that can encourage them, disciple them, and push them into the things of God. God, let them know, God, that this is the greatest day of their life and that today, God, after today, that life will never be the same. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody give God a hand clap of praise. And finally, there may be somebody who's saying, I need to be connected to this church. I've been watching, I've been coming, and I feel a connection, and I feel like I need to be a part of this local body of believers. If that's you, send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. And somebody will connect with you. We'll tell you how you can be connected with this local body. I'd love to be your shepherd. We'd love to be your church family. There may be somebody that did here this morning who says, I want to be connected um, in that 
type of way. I want to be in covenant with the way Church of Tampa Bay. If that's you, um, you may just lift your hands. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love you to be a part of this um, body of believers. Hallelujah. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? I'm going to ask my, my wife to come up and she'll take us further in the service. Amen. Can we give God another hand clap of praise for the word? I don't know about you, but I'm going to think twice before I begin to worry again. I'm going to be intentional about taking those thoughts captive. I've never heard worry broken down like that. You know, oftentimes you go to church and they just say, don't worry, don't worry. Well, that's not the easiest thing to do. So I thank Pastor Keith and God for giving him that word. Now I know to be concerned, but I also know what to do with worry. Amen. Do we have any first-time visitors? This is your first time? Oh, Mr. Elijah. Hey, Elijah. <laughs> Y'all give Elijah a hand clap of praise. Elijah, if you can keep your hand up, um, someone's going to come greet you now and give you just something. We just want to thank you for coming in and worshiping with us. We've known Elijah for quite some time, so his face is familiar for um, to us, but we thank God that he led your steps here this morning. We thank God for your heart and just your presence. Just a few announcements. Um, we are making plans to reopen the youth church, and we are in need of youth ministry workers. So if you're interested in serving in this ministry, then please see myself immediately following service. Or if you're watching online and you can make it today, just send an email to churchoffice at wadetampabay.org. Is anybody else glad that youth church is opening but me? No. My, my little brother is in the back. But... Um, I'm excited. And so we're going to need some help because just with my little few, it's a lot going on. So, um, but we do, we want to make sure we get back to um, putting the word of God in our children because they haven't been in church and we can do that at home, but them having an environment just like in the classroom where they can learn about God and be in community is important for them too. So I'm so grateful that we've returned and we're able to do that. So if that's something God has laid on your heart, listen, we won't work you to death. Um, but if it's something, a ministry that's laid on your heart and see myself at the service. Also, all married couples, please make plans to join us Sunday, April 10th at 9 a.m. as we host our next session of our marriage ministry. Um, and our marriage ministry is entitled Joined. And so we will continue our discussion of the five love languages. That's going to be Sunday, April 10th at 9 a.m. That's for all married couples. Then lastly, um, Resurrection Sunday is scheduled for Sunday, April 17th. So please save the date and join us as we celebrate our risen king. We are also planning a spring festival festival on April 16th, and we need those to serve with us. Um, details about the spring festival will be provided next week. So again, Sunday, um, April 17th is, I know some people call it Easter, but Resurrection Sunday, that's going to be April 17th. But the day before, we're going to have a spring festival, and so we're going to need some volunteers. Our church does very well with serving. I don't see any problems with that, but let's just make sure that we're um, taking note of the details that are soon to follow. Amen. And I believe that is all. We're going to now transition to giving. 
And if you look up on the screens, you'll be able to see a number of ways in which you can give. Also, if you're watching online, um, you should see something in the comment section that shows you um, how to give there. Here at The Way Church, we always give according to 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. And that reads that you must decide in your heart how much you are to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure because God loves a cheerful giver. So the goal here is to give what God has laid on your heart to give and just be consistent to that. Um, Like I stated, there are a number of ways in which you can give online. And so you can follow the instructions there. And we're going to ask you once you're done giving, if you're giving mobile or in person, to go ahead and stand signifying that we are ready to transition. No, you're right, Ron. You follow instructions. Good, Ron. Stand if you're done giving. (laughs) If you're done giving, just stand. We're going to go ahead and benedict. Pastor Keith mentioned this, but I want to just read this off again so that we know who to be mindful of. Please keep Olu in your prayer. Her family, um, they lost a loved one that was very dear to them. I believe it was a grandmother. Um, so please keep um, them in prayer as well as Mother Alvera Ash um, healing from her surgery. The surgery was successful, so we thank God for that. Can we give a hand clap of praise for God answering our prayers and just pray for her. And then also we want to pray for George Dunn concerning healing. Amen. And then lastly, I want to tell you about our 4 for 4. Um, if you're consistent here, most are members, then you should know about it. It's God's 4 for 4 plan about our promised land. We thank God for this space, but we know that it doesn't provide all the needs that we need. And we also know what God has promised us. And so I want to encourage you, um, anything that God lays on your heart to give above your offering, just make sure that you indicate our land and those funds go into a separate savings account so that we can create a space for us that's fitting Um, where we can truly do the work of God. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your word on today, oh God. I thank you for giving us the direction and insight that we needed concerning worry, oh God. I thank you that you didn't leave us ignorant or left in the dark as it relates to how we are to handle life. I thank you for your manservant who broke down the word for us on today, oh God, who remained true to the text, oh God, to really teach us and impart in us what it is... um, that your perspective is concerning worry. And so I thank you on today, oh God. I thank you that we now have put the enemy's tactics on blast, that we now know what to do when we're um, tempted to worry, oh God. And we we don't want to offend you in any kind of way, oh God. We speak it, we, we sing it, oh God, and we want to live it, that you truly are our sustainer and that everything finds its source in you and that you are fully capable, oh God. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for all of us, oh God, that we will remember this word, that it will stay rooted in us, O God, and that it will begin to bear fruit in our lives in the name of Jesus, O Lord. I pray, O God, for every person that's on our prayer list, that you would continue to meet them, that you would continue to be with them, O God, and that you would encourage them throughout this week, O Lord. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, to present us faultless in his presence with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. You all enjoy your Sunday, and thank you so much for worshiping with us. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident, because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. 
Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.